0: Uh, hello everyone. Uh, I understand this is a pre-lunch
1: session, so uh, yeah. So I will have a very quick look, or run through this. Uh, I'm very sorry that is an autocorrect problem in the presentation. There is a mistake. Uh, that is not choiceless, but that is choiceless. Uh, please take a note of it. Uh, so J. Krishnamurti in 1930s spoke of choiceless awareness, where he means any action which is not a result of choice, but it is a result of awareness. This became a recurring theme in his speeches hereafter. Krishnamurti did not offer any methodologies, means or prescribed any practices. According to him, choice indicates bias, prejudice, conflict, confusion and duality. So what he said that he advocated awareness, alertness or attention in totality, And these were his prerequisites because, again, it's very difficult to uh, put Krishnamurti into the words. We cannot say that is the process he offered, that is the method he offered. So he said that it it is the awareness of being and not becoming because all the time your mind, uh, it is a journey. I mean, he would describe uh, mindfulness as a awareness as a journey from nowhere to nowhere. Uh, and Ashtavakra, uh, I think most of you have known that uh, his name, his story and all, we can Google it. But Ashtavakra is a very unique figure and uh, so many masters are uh, first warning people uh, on Ashtavakra because uh, when Ashtavakra says that there is no need for meditation, it is just Sakshiva. Sakshiva of what? Realization that you are already pure, you are already choiceless. And just focus on that. Be aware of your own pure nature. So so many masters, whenever they are offering commentaries on Ashtavakra Gita, they are giving a warning that Ashtavakra is not to be practiced in the beginning at all. But uh, one haiku poet that he has worded, when the last cloud falls, So, when Ashtavakra is when you are already completely prepared in all your sadhanas, meditation, mindfulness practices, yoga, whatever you are doing. And then, even in you have that desire to get uh, moksha or liberation, when you need to drop that desire, that is the point we should be studying uh, Ashtavakra, I mean, including myself. (laughs) So, uh, Ashtavakra, so approaches that of similar to, uh, Krishnamurti's approach is that of similar to Ashtavakra. What uh, <clears throat> Ashtavakra in the, the fifth verse in the twelfth chapter, he says uh, that uh, we are, you are already choiceless. That is the word that Ashtavakra has used. So we can see that these two men, Ashtavakra and Krishnamurti, they were separated; say, they were centuries apart, separated by different contents, contexts. But yes, their philosophies are striking, strikingly similar. So here I am trying to just uh, <coughs> understand uh, Krishnamurti's choiceless awareness in Ashtavakra's Sakshi Bhav. Uh, I think I will skip this uh, part of the introduction. Uh, this is just we can see how Ashtavakra, uh, that is of course a pictorial image of Ashtavakra. He had uh, ten bands on his body, and. Uh, What Krishnamurti meant by uh, choiceless awareness is the core of Krishnamurti's teaching where he said uh, that you cannot be even aware of awareness. You cannot be mindful of awareness. It just happens. And observing what is, that was Krishnamurti's uh, key term. This is how he defined his choiceless awareness. Uh, I will skip this also because it's a of time. Uh, Now coming to Ashtavakra and ashtavakra Samhita, that is a dialogue between king janaka and ashtavakra that is uh, known as the ultimate text in advaita vedanta and uh, the first chapter itself is titled as sakshi which is all pervading witness Uh, it is also nice to see that some uh, one person who is called thomas byron he has uh, translated uh, this ashtavakra gita from uh, sanskrit to uh, english that's a transliteration and uh, allowed the title of this book which calls the heart of awareness so m- maybe awareness and heart we may think that they are uh, oxymorons but all the time we can be aware how we can uh, how this deep deepening paradoxes we can rise above them so here ashtavakra says that uh, If you wish to be free, there is no need for you to wish to be free because uh, you are already free the heart of awareness. Now, I will uh, come to the comparative analysis uh, directly and yeah, I have also given the reference of this Thomas Byron. So uh, now, uh, I have taken five to six points where I have found comparative analysis between the two. Uh, What Ashtavakra says, the first point is, know thyself, know yourself as your true nature, pure nature. So, like we have seen Krishnamurti says, any choice that implies conflict, if you are already pure, and this is what Ashtavakra has also said, if you are already pure, then there is no need to practice any meditation. Uh, then Swami Shantananda Puri, in his commentary on Ashtavakra Gita, which he has called, the title is very interesting, which is Quantum Leap. He says that Ashtavakra's Sakshi Bhav reminded him of Krishna Krishnamurti's approach. And this is how, I mean, he has not uh, elaborated on it any further. This is what prompted me to find out uh, what are the similarities between the two. And uh, uh, his commentary was the first one. Then secondly, this is a very famous uh, phrase that is used by Krishnamurti, that is, observer is the observed. What Krishnamurti says that he dealt with absolutely non-dual ideas. When he says that when you are seeing, listening or observing, (coughs) how it is different from what is being observed. Right now, so many speakers have spoken, but ultimately what you have listened to is what you have understood. So... (coughs) Uh, uh, you are reflected in what you see you listen so that core you is reflected in each and every of your action so he says that when observer sees uh, when one sees that observer is the observed that is the elimination of all the conflict and uh, what ashtavakra says that witness sakshi or you are an objective observer so he said, Atma Sakshi, and uh, I won't read it entirely, but uh, Ashtavakra said, uh, this is the 12th uh, verse in the first chapter, which is the, called the gist of uh, all Ashtavakra Gita, that the self is a witness, all-pervading, perfect, the one free of consciousness, actionless, unattached, desireless, and quiet. Through the illusion, it appears of the world. I mean, it is another word that is used, Maya, Maya. So, through Maya you feel that you belong to this world and you go through the cycles of birth and death, but that is not so and this is what you need to realize. Then uh, that was a uh, uh, third point that meditation, Krishnamurti also did not uh, prescribe it as uh, any practice or any action or any method, but continuous mindfulness. Uh, it may seem easy that uh, why practice? Many uh, students asked why practice, why meditate. Then, if Ashtavakra says being pure is already there, but it is difficult because uh, you maybe meditation or whatever practices you are doing they are confined to certain time frame. But if you want to follow really Ashtavakra, it is 24 by 7. With each and every method that you do, you have to be mindful and aware of what you do. So, meditation as not an action, but that is a continuous mindfulness. That is, that is a, a nice sentence, uh, what Krishnamurti had said, uh, which I would say. Krishnamurti said that an effort to meditate is denial of meditation. And uh, what Ashtavakra has said that to awaken self-awareness, uh, that he said, medit- you what you need to do? Meditate that I'm awareness. I'm pure witness. So meditate on your Sakshi Bhav. You are the same person that there there is within and without. Then the uh, fourth uh, point, that is a witness to choicelessness. Krishnamurti says that true and objective observation takes place when there is no choice. Exercising choice is a duality and choicelessness is the ultimate non-dual. And uh, what Ashtavakra has said that uh, even uh, what I had referred to the Po- by the poet of that haiku, when the last cloud falls. So this is also when uh, I what I liked about uh, this uh, Ashtavakra, he says that uh, rare is the great soul who neither seeks enjoyment nor liberation. So even uh, your uh, very much desire for liberation or uh, desire for moksha can become a great binding force in many cases. And this is where Ashtavakra can uh, help. So, one of the professor of religious studies, uh, Alan W. Anderson, he has described this choicelessness uh, where mind is equivalent of silence. Out, <coughs> It is equivalent of silence and uh, emptiness uh, somebody has brought about. Another nice, instead of reading this complete text, I feel that I can sum it up with uh, uh, Krishnamurti's another sentence uh, where he said uh, that uh, em- emptiness is where even mind is not Knows what emptiness is. So uh, ultimately, how can mind remain shunyata also? If you have the concept of zero, even your your mind cannot be zero. So if you don't know what zero is or what eternity is, then only there are some chances that mind can assure. But uh, what Problem, I find that these are the things that all I have been speaking, reading and understanding that understanding remains just at intellectual level and percolating that understanding to the level of practice becomes very, very difficult. So I think uh, with this note, I would stop here because we are running
2: Thank you, uh, Kanchan. In the morning, I think we were talking about this idea of what is an end state and what are techniques to achieve that end state. I mean, what is practice and what is the end result, what is process and what is outcome, right? And I think there, Krishnamurti is very clear. For him, meditation and the way he characterizes it is very similar to what we've been talking about the whole day in terms of mindfulness. It's both means and ends. So I guess that's what it is and the connections to our tradition is also extremely uh, clear as far as as, uh, Krishnamurti's writings are concerned. Any questions on uh, the idea of Krishnamurti and what he has brought to? I don't want to be the person to be between you and lunch but we definitely have time for questions. Yes sir. And as per the report of WHO, uh, OCD is the world's leading leading cause of disability. <coughs> then hmm. how these different techniques will be helped to deal with that?
1: Mm.
2: Is your question addressed to any specific uh, speaker here or this no is just to, a… To, to all. See the for basic… Uh, yes, yeah. basically. No, I think like speakers pointed out in the morning, there are now clear evidence-based uh, work showing that these kind of mindfulness texni- techniques do have an impact on people suffering from different kind of uh, disorders, including OCD. And it is also clear that the therapeutic benefits have been researched and recorded. And it is also, uh, uh, that that's why somebody mentioned that this is a part of medicine today. As to why people are still around, maybe they're not practicing mindfulness in meditation. I think you have a different point to make. What is your question exactly? deal with children when they are facing Children, ah, children and uh, these issues that we have been talking about. Any of the speakers uh, here have any ideas on… Just to practice these things with children, it is a very tough task. Right, right, that is a a child psychologist. Right, that is an important question and perhaps a topic and uh, this thing by itself. Anybody wants to weigh in on that, either from here or somebody who has spoken? You have a question or a comment on this? Yeah, I will just before we come to kadar sinji yes you are saying something yeah. uh, my answer to
0: him is has I'm, I'm a this profession for since very long and uh, i've been treating patients and it's been quantified more than 200 patients from learning disabilities to schizophrenia and it has been quantified by the professors themselves. himself so what you're talking about, the OCD, let's forget about what WHO says because WHO, again, researching for only to mint money and probably have those researches done again and again for different purpose. We are not talking about the WHO report, which has been published recently. Let me complete. And the OCD that you are talking here is, yes, that OCD is there. There are different kinds of OCDs that has been uh, you know um, uh, mentioned. Especially with the children who are having a lot of difficulties, this has been quantified in many people's work who have been using these mantras and mudras and learnings and all this what we've been talking about, uh, different types of uh, meditation techniques. I am also using the same with the children which has been observed and quantified diligently.
2: Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, as Dr. Uh, Harikaranji was mentioning in the morning, NIC Academy itself is doing a lot of work in terms of how to impart uh, these learnings to children and in schools. Those are ongoing programs. I think before we close, uh, uh, Kadirazanji can uh, weigh in on this question of uh, teaching children. So, um, my experience with working children. So, the, the question is, uh, number one, are there mindfulness programs for OCD? Now, there are uh, mindfulness programs for developed just for OCD. It's, uh, it's uh, rolled out over an eight-week program. Number two, now, if you want to do mindfulness programs for children, we need to identify their age, their, de- their cognitive developmental stage, and then we need to design a program. Now, um, these mindfulness programs cannot be a substitute for professional um, uh, what do you call uh, consultation with the therapist? It can be used as an adjunct. That means while they are seeing a professional therapist, mindfulness can be used as an adjunct treatment to reduce uh, the, this compulsive behavior. Yeah. Thank you, and uh, thank you to our speakers. Thank you, all of you. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your valuable time and experience with us. We'll break for a fast, mindful lunch, 30 minutes.